Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can bring you our unfiltered views on stocks every week. I thought it was unvarnished, Vern. Okay, unvarnished. I can be unvarnished. <laughs> I think it's That's both. Right. Mine are unvarnished. I think it's unvarnished. a little of both. Okay. I think it's a mix, you know, sometimes. Could be a mix. Could be more unfiltered. And I'm 25 years, by the way. Go ahead. If Whatever. you like. Okay. Um, every week we get together and look for uh, ideas in that week's value line investment survey. This week the issue dated November 30th, 2007. And, um, the holidays. You know, and then we get together and we talk about it and we record it and you're listening to it. Uh, we want to remind you that this is for entertainment purposes only. And we may own all the stocks we talk about or other uh, dastardly conflicts. Lots of conflicts. Uh, and it may not be entertaining. Please, assume the worst. Yeah. Um, and we may know nothing about what we're talking about. That happens This a lot week too. I don't, just to warn you. Some of trying to guess when we do and when we don't know. I'll tell you. About. I don't know anything this um, week. But you always get uh, you know, our best shot. Uh, please visit our website to learn more about us the, at www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of this show, I'm going to come back and talk about uh, – an old favorite that I think at different times both of us have talked about, Black & Decker. Um, and then I've got a couple, a couple of uh, beat-up small-cap ideas. But first, I'm going to turn the show over to the thinking man stock picker, oh, Val Hughes. There was no alliteration in that at all. Uh, thanks for listening in, everybody. This is Val Hughes. And I want to make an announcement here. I know. I don't know when you're listening to this. You didn't say anything this. to me about an announcement. No. This is – I'm just I'm – just Spontaneously, you're doing this to me? Well, that's the whole show. Mm. Now – Wow. Guess what? Today, it's Friday, yep. November 30th. Take a note. The recession was canceled today, okay? Henry Paulson, you've heard us talk about this. He's worked out his deal with the banks so that they won't reset all these mortgages and you won't have millions of people on the street looking for a place to live while, meantime, you have property owners who are having their homes and you know apartments repossessed. And I had a, actually a federal home loan bank board guy in my office yesterday and I asked him, this is yesterday in the announcements today, I said, you know, doesn't the federal government understand that this is important, really, as safeguarding nuclear weapons? And, uh, you know, Haft, he said, absolutely. Nuclear? Well, it's, you know, if, a, if a, something goes off in, in some town, there's a million people, this could have affected a million people. It's all about national yeah, but security. one is incinerated, the other is inconvenient. It doesn't matter. I mean, would you rather be incinerated or homeless or in the desert? The point is, the federal desert. government, Henry Paulson, it wasn't just a little gathering with all the bankers, hey, everyone, let's get together and, you know, sing kumbaya and get, to get along. It was, hey, how about if you don't reset those mortgages and we'll let you stay a bank? <laughs> right. We'll let you remain a bank. So we've been talking about these mortgage insurers. I think the inflection point hit today. There's still a lot in them. We've talked about them on past shows, so go visit. But it's, uh, you know, things like Radian, PMI, AMBAC, things like that. Past shows, listen in. I just wanted to announce that. Recession canceled. Also, GDP announcement the other day. These are the fundamentals. Uh, up 4.9%. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to get worse. Economies have recessions. But, you know, things are not, you know, as bad right now, anyway, as people think. And could there be a recession? Well, there will be. But how bad will it be and how much is already discounted? That's the point. Anyway, editorial comment over. Sorry, Vern. I'm, right. I'm struggling with the idea that a, a recession is fully discounted in the market today. Well, wh who doesn't think there might be a recession? Hmm. No one. Might. We're talking about differences in yeah. probability estimates. All right. I'm just saying the numbers Sign. look pretty good right now. Bernanke is going to cut rates. I'm eating a chocolate. And uh, 
it postpones it. We got a lot of housing to work off, a lot of, you know, residential real estate. These Oreo cookies and things are speculative great. real estate. But, you know, commercial, uh, construction, et cetera, not too bad. Anyway, okay, let me pick some stocks here for the people. I'm eating a candy. Sorry. Oshkosh Truck, OSK, page 109 in Value Line. I own this stock. It's 1% of my portfolio. And I bought it because they have this fire truck business. And with Homeland Security, um, you know, looming in the background, fire trucks take on a safety, rescue, et cetera. So you know the budget's going to be good for that. And while you don't exactly know the growth rate, you know government's growing faster than the economy, sadly, mostly, <laughs> particularly in the area of Homeland Security. Uh, and then I learned there's this whole thing where, you know, firemen – they really have a special feeling about their trucks. Each fire department in America, they don't just get some truck down at the truck dealer. They hand design it with the finest of materials, and you can get your initials etched into it. It's a real personal thing. And as a result, uh, you know, these, these uh, relationships tend to be long-lived. So you keep customers. Um, these guys, Oshkosh, they're earning, you know, 19% returns on equity. That's pretty good for a truck maker. Check the, check the GM return on equity for a minute. Um, and they probably, I'm not sure, they probably have union labor and they're doing that. Um, and then you have this whole, you know, defense side, which also ties in with Homeland Security. They have been working on this device that's supposed to sustain, you know, bomb hits and they're right in there. I think the Defense Department is giving out these contracts to a bunch of firms, you know, six or eight, and still extending that to pick the best one. But they're right in there. And the, uh, you know, the, the follow-on to the Iraqi device or truck, safety truck, is all these same fire departments that have fire trucks. Well, I don't know if you've looked at a fire truck, but it's not that protected from you know, terrorists, you know, you just sit out From on back bomb of the, right, some guys laying on the back, you know, with it on his ladder. I, don't so, I remember hearing that most, most fire departments are volunteer? Well, couldn't you, you have you, a staffing problem if you might. suddenly you come so, under exactly. assault? So you're going to want all these fire departments, Armored fire top trucks. 10 cities in America are going to want these trucks to protect their safety people in, you know, bad situations. And Homeland Security is uh, the moniker behind all these improvements so you can basically react to uh, whatever, a disaster, and you're going to need these trucks. So um, there's highway bills. There's all kinds of things about this. Uh, that make it a pretty stable uh, outlook over the next three to five years. And you can only imagine that if government grows faster than GDP and Homeland Security grows faster, the Defense Department as a percent of GDP is, you know, still climbing out of the lows created don't, under the Clinton administration. Don't they have a lot of leverage? Uh, they are levered. But, you know, for you students of finance, if you've got stable cash flows, and when I look back here, they only go up for 10 years or 15 years for Oshkosh Truck. Um, you know, they're pretty stable. There is an optimal capital structure that includes leverage. These guys are, uh, I think, you know, they're a little higher than I'd like, but I think they're in that zone. It also may tell you that they know something they're not telling us about the likely stability of these revenue flows to support that kind of debt, because if you look back over time, you know, they didn't have quite that much debt. A lot of it's come on from this uh, JLG or whatever the hell it is acquisition of these crane oh, craniac they, devices. They and... Uh, you know, it didn't make sense to me. I wasn't happy about it. But then I began to learn about the economies of scale. 
um, in material, raw materials purchases, and there's, you know, there's really that. There's also some headquarters costs that can spread over. I'm not convinced about all the synergies, but for me it doesn't kill uh, the idea of these guys being a safe way to invest in sort of government growing faster than the GDP, and I think that's a pretty safe bet. It's also valuation. It's eight to nine times uh, gross cash flow, nine times free cash flow, Uh, so it's pretty cheap. Value Line has it rated three, and uh, they make a great product. It's in demand. It's growing uh, in demand, and I like it. And own it, OSK Oshkosh Truck. Okay, let me come to one um, I have not spoken about because, and in part because I never heard of it. Okay, Vern, let me be honest. So this is exciting. Yeah, I know nothing about it. We've spent studying the Value Line Investment Survey year in and year out. Well, I probably looked, glanced at it before. I I think you've talked about this stock before. before. FEI company? FEIC. Now, if you pull our XML code into an Excel spreadsheet and click the right button there, it lays out into this beautiful menu of all of our shows by ticker. It's a wonderful thing. I should put that on the site someday, but, you know, we're busy. We're employed. I have barely have time for this. So, uh, But if you do that, you may find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so get to work yeah, out there. You may find out we actually <laughs> talked about this before, but I don't remember it, and I don't own it now. But FEI, page 133, here's what I'm attracted to about these guys, and maybe I'm a little bit simple. They design, manufacture, market, and service products and systems. Well, so do a lot of other companies. In research, <laughs> That's development. That's so specific. Wait, this gets interesting. Research, development, and manufacturing of very small <laughs> objects. I'm not kidding. That's what it says. Primarily by providing an understanding. Food for ants. But it gets better. Primarily by providing. I'm reading Value Line. Thank you, Value Line. Primarily by providing. The trapeze swing at the I'm flea circus. I'm just trying to read the freaking Value Line. Is this God nanotechnology? I, you're stealing all my thunder. Oh. It's very small objects, primarily by providing an understanding of their three-dimensional shape. And uh, let's see, nano They run kindergartens, you're telling me. I have no idea. But this stuff sounds cool. And I'm sure not a lot of people are doing this or have the guts to admit it, let's say that. But uh, what I like about this thing is it's 10 times cash flow. It uh, has the word nanotechnology in some of their products. And those normally carry 16 to 18 multiples. Well, listen, it gets a little better than that. The reason I got interested is I do own a company that's also in the – Well, generally you get a point per letter in the name of the basic technology you're involved in. We kid. We kid around. (laughs) But I own MTS Systems right now, MTSC. It's in the same section. I I have a place in my heart for these precision instrument companies. MTS I own. They're gaining share. They're improving returns on capital. Uh, They've got great margins. But it's at the edge of the envelope both in margin and in valuation. So I'm actually, uh, and my associates back in the office, I hope this isn't where they're hearing it, but you know, we're thinking of selling that right yeah. now. Sorry, our analyst has a buy on it. But I'm a little, I think it's getting a little bit toppy. Now, FEI, uh, you know, they're also in the instrument game. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to say they have improving returns on capital. Now, they're not great returns. Well, I'm but picturing scalpels and listen, things Listen, like I don't have any idea. Is this idea. in the medical supplies? I don't area? know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't what know. I'm looking at. But it at does it very return, precisely. Listen, let me just get on with my story. What they have is they have a really big delta on return on capital. 
a few years ago was 0.7, which admittedly isn't that good. Then 4.7, 8 this year, 10 next, next year. What that means is incremental returns on invested capital are very, very high, and you're seeing the same pattern going on in operating margin for the whole company. And what that means is something they're selling and I'm going to guess it's in the nanotechnology game, is, uh, is very, very valuable. Now, it's still, uh, a low, it's still a low revenue company, $600 million, so they've had some volatility in margin and earnings. Listen, the, this is not a comedy show, and neither is that funny, okay? I'm Let sorry. me get on. The, the, oh, you should be. You should be. People are leaving the show in droves right now because they can't hear the story on FEI. They are growing the top line at a good rate, but they're still small enough to where when they miss an order, uh, the earnings miss. So they've had some losses <coughs> excuse me, over the last few years. The valuation, 10 times gross cash flow, 12 times free cash flow. By the way, did I mention the stocks at 24? They have $10 in cash on the balance sheet. Now, it says 37% at the capital, but I can pay off well, I guess it's all their for. debt. I can pay off all their debt and still have net cash of uh, about $200 million, no, about $150 million, which is still $3, you know, $4 a share. So this oh. is even cheaper than wow. it looks. Okay. Uh, their growth rates, according to Value Line, on sales are 9% predicted, uh, cash flow 12%, and earnings 17%. So even Value Line sees they're getting some economies of scale as they grow or as they have some new nano system that seems to be working. I, I have no idea about that. But uh, I should get into it a little more. I don't own it. I'm going to be doing work on this. I think it's very interesting. Um, they've guided people they down. small things. Well, it's more than that, though. Mm -hmm. The stock's taken a hit recently. Traded at a high of 39. It's now at 24. $10 in cash that I mentioned, so it's sort of 15 net. And what they did recently was miss a number by a couple of pennies, big frickin' deal, you know? The future is what matters here, not the two cents they just missed earnings by. And also, uh, management evidently guided people down a little bit, guided the analysts down a little bit in their estimates. Well, I've been an analyst for a long time, and I'll just tell you, management teams have no idea what they're going to earn. They really have no idea. For them to guide down is just, it could be just that they have, they earn a bonus the more they can beat the estimates. It, they want to get the estimates down so they can beat the estimates. I mean, that's a, an easy game, but the stocks reacted to that. We've got all this turmoil in the market. It's a tired argument. There's a, well, it's a tired argument. So is mountains are high, but they mm -hmm. are, okay? Truth all wins. Right. Now, on this one, I think the stock is down for dopey reasons. Uh, I need to do more work, dopey. but that's my thesis okay. right now. The I'm going to get into it. Thesis so, is dopey, needs well, more work. Well, I think the stock's down, and they don't understand that the future here is well pretty right. good because they're doing something very good. Move along, soldier. And it's cheaper than MTS. FEIC, mm -hmm. yep. page 133. So, did you get that? Okay. Staff Cardinal, at Val's firm. <coughs> finally, Cardinal Selling Health. MTS, buying FEI. Yes, After some that's work. exactly right. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Finally, how am I doing on time? Uh, how are you doing on time? Uh, we're at the 15-minute <coughs> mark. Okay, 15 minutes. Let's just slow it all down. Put on a little music. I'm what are you talking right. about? You're I don't have no idea. Okay, Cardinal Health, C-A-H. No, that's not right. You probably have four or five minutes. Three or four. Okay, Three or four. thank you, Vern. Thank you. Four. Okay. You want to talk about how much time I have left some more, or should we get into Cardinal Health, C-A-H, page 189? What am I drawn to here? Demographics. 
Baby boomers getting older, willing to pay anything to stay younger as long as possible. That's called health care. Health care as a percent of GDP is certain to grow, not because, you know, health care providers are overcharging, although some may be, but because older Americans are willing to spend more on health care, just like younger Americans are the, willing to spend more on shoes. It's one of the only shoes. products you will ever find where the customer always wants more. Uh, Until people are living I don't to be know. 300 years old. I don't know. Reno may have some experience in that area, my friend. But in any case, Cardinal Health. Said few. One of few. A few, okay. All right. Here's what I like about Cardinal Health. They're well, a big. tell us. My friend, are you going to continue to just talk when I'm trying to tell the people about Cardinal Health? Cardinal Health is a big distributor of medical products. They started as a distributor of pharmaceuticals. They've got uh, some diversification into medical products, uh, labeling. They do some R&D. So they've got their tentacles into hospitals and doctors and all kinds of things <coughs> Excuse me, that are growing faster than GDP. Now, if you look at this chart, this stock right now is at the same price, 56, that it was in 2000. Yet back then their sales per share were sixty dollars. Now they're two sixty. Uh, operating margins are down a little, but not that much. Net profit is up just about fifty percent since that time. The rub on Cardinal Health has been that their acquisition-driven growth, which was all accretive, uh, is over. They're just too big now to grow. The Justice Department won't let them do any more big acquisitions, and there really aren't any more to do. It's Cardinal Health, Amerisource, and McKesson. Cardinal Health is the best company in this space. They have the best returns. Uh, they've got the best systems. They offer the best price, the best service. I mean, this is what the customer says, not just me. However, Cardinal Health, because they had the most expectation for growth, that's come off, and they also got a little hair from a few years ago. Somebody, you see the jump down in 04, you know, people said that they, you know, reported earnings wrong because of not allocating an expense on an acquisition properly. They were exonerated. But back then, the model of industry pricing changed. They used to just make the gap between a wholesale price of a drug and a retail price of a drug. That all sort of went away. And now they're having to charge for services. The whole industry's gone through this. And so the golden boy reputation of Cardinal came off back in those years. They've never recovered their multiples since then. Meantime, Amerisource and McKesson both right now trade at premiums to Cardinal Health. And one thing about Cardinal is you're certain to get a piece of GDP. They have a toll gate on GDP for the rest of your life. I can guarantee you that. They earn a 26% return on equity, 18% return on capital. They have a little bit of debt, 32% debt to cap, but that's fine in terms of you know their stability. And the reason the stock is down is because they, again, have modestly disappointed Wall Street analysts. Who cares? Okay, you've got to look at this aside from what Wall Street analysts think. Uh, they've got good diversification. They're also involved in generics. They probably make more money per bottle generic that's sold than the actual manufacturer, who all those guys compete away the profitability, but the distributors make money. So that's an area that's also gaining share. And uh, they're putting cash to good use, according to Value Line. So in any case, Value Line, uh, Cardinal Health's never been cheaper. I can absolutely recommend this as a put-away. Page 189, Cardinal Health, CAH. And, Vern, that's all I have this week. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Here, okay, beverage break. beverage break. All right. Are you – what's in there? Wow, I really got off on a, on a rant there. It's iced tea. Listen, I didn't mean any disrespect to you and your comments. I just got in in a passionate, you know, mode there. 
I do not. That's unfair. I'm just, I think the people tune in to hear about the stocks, and I think if there's too much, you know, interruption, I think people don't like that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'm, then why don't I'm you done. sit there quietly then? I'm not going to do the that. The first stock that I'm going to talk about is uh, Black & Decker. Symbol is BDK, as in Black & Deck, or something like that. Stock at 82. <laughs> okay, Thank you. <laughs> Stock at 82 recently. About a 25% discount to the market, a 2% yield at 82. Um, you know, highs generally 90 to 95 Go each of the burn. last four years. <laughs> uh, after... Um, Really a major uh, resuscitation of the franchise here in recent years. Uh, and ValueLine captures this well in their sales per share statistic that runs across the top of the data, where you can see that sales per share really from uh, 92 to 2002, say, for a 10-year period of time, didn't go anywhere. Um, but a major em uh, emphasis on um, accelerating, investing in, and then accelerating growth from new product development has finally started to pay off in the last couple of years. Well, they and got lucky on the uh, DeWalt brand. Well, but opinion. the DeWalt brand was something that uh, really had its genesis back in the mid-90s. And if you look at the overall performance of Black & Decker, all really DeWalt accomplished was prevent significant erosion uh, in the rest of the business from showing up because of the deterioration, particularly in the commodity consumer business, where you've had a raft of new entries and a lot of uh, new low-price competition coming out of the Far East. And almost anybody who has a business that sells to a user of a conventional electric power tool has wanted to have their own product line. So there's all kinds of uh, private labeled products out there now as well. Black & Decker, of course, compensated for that by building a major presence uh, and a growing presence and, a, and, and I think still proliferating presence among professional users of higher grade tools. And they've really been a major innovator, particularly in terms of uh, charging technology. Excuse me, I don't recall who their battery partner is, but they've tended to be on the leading edge of, you know, the next highest, the next largest battery pack that you can put on a tool. And uh, the DeWalt name uh, got around the, uh, the historical perception that Black & Decker was really a consumer tool and not good enough for a professional. They've also seemed to finally found the right, uh, uh, the right formula at Quickset and Price Fister, especially Quickset, which looked like a business that might... Uh, really might deteriorate badly uh, at one point in time. So uh, they've been generating a lot of cash, buying back a lot of stock. Uh, there were 82 million shares out in 2004, 66 million in 2006. Uh, I'm looking at an enterprise value. They're, they're fairly highly leveraged, uh, but they cover interest, uh, annual interest very, very easily, so it's not uh, particularly risky. Um, it's less than a nine multiple on EBITDA. They've really been, you know, most people would expect them to be pounded by housing, of course, because of the traditional uh, association with new home construction and power tool use. But, uh, you know, they really, uh, earnings peaked at 688 in 2005. Value line says that 650 from last year will be sustained this year and just raised their estimates, apparently, uh, because... Uh, Black & Decker's been outperforming people's expectations. So Value Line seems mm -hmm. to think they can bottom earnings here in the worst housing recession that we've had in, uh, what, a couple decades? Well, I, uh, uh, I like this stock as well, but I think you may have some pain ahead just because uh, residential's weak, although not as weak as people fear. But I think commercial, 
you know that may uh, that may head down. No, that that very well may be the case. But uh, I, I I think I'm getting, if I can be patient, like a good value investor. Maybe I'm a little early, but uh, th- if this company returns uh, looks like ranges from about fifteen to twenty two percent return on capital. Leverage that to you know several years, thirty five to forty five percent. Return on equity in yeah, recent yeah. years. Remember, they're buying back a ton of yeah. stock here, yeah, right? Um, so good the, brands, the, the yield, good price. The yield's going up uh, constantly. So. Yeah. Uh, Got to take I a look guess. at Black & Decker. You do. Well, thanks Absolutely. for exceeding that small victory for me. No, uh, I, I've talked about that. Now, I've got a couple, I, of, I little, like I've got a couple of little ideas here that I think uh, look interesting to me because um, they both have sold off uh, fairly significantly. First, I'll look at the one that's down the most. Um, this is ASV Inc. Ah. The symbol's ASVI. And um, they design and manufacture a wide variety of track-driven all-season vehicles. Uh, vehicles are apparently about half of sales used in construction, landscaping, and ag. Are I they would a tell spin you out from mostly somebody? construction. No, no, no. This is a uh, uh well, spin out. I think the guys here were involved in uh, the snowmobile industry somewhere. That's where mm. they got the track technology from, but mm. they're they're great big rubber tracks that they put on uh, um, small compact construction machines and they have a proprietary product that uh, was considered very hot for a while. This stock went from uh, lows in the uh, looks like three dollar range to thirty five, you know, from o two to o six, you know, ten times, uh, tenfold increase to you know mid thirties. Um, uh, they sell the product to uh, or the technology to Caterpillar as well. It's the foundation of Caterpillar's business, and uh, they're still building out their global footprint in compact, you know, easily rented machines, and eventually be the biggest uh, equipment rental company in the world. So they have a very good partner. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, outside of, uh, of the fundamental problem, you know, housing being way off, whether there's mm. any other problem here. But uh, if that's it, uh, stock down from 35, recently under 11. Uh, with, well, uh, you've got the uh, a prior scary peak. recession coming up. Well, okay. So what do we think is going to happen here? Company has basically no debt. Um, has a dollar and a half worth of uh, cash on its balance sheet. You could have an inventory problem where uh, the channel's already oh, completely uh, full. Oh, they just cut their they just uh, value line just cut their estimates uh, is specific uh, precisely probably for that very reason. I wouldn't be surprised if there could be some more short term downside, but uh, when the if, if and when the stock is at nine or ten, yeah, uh, we won't gasoline be, I won't prices. have a chance to tell gasoline everybody prices. about it. But you want to take a look at this because it's got history a lot higher, and they've got um, in in you know capital equipment. They probably have about the best partner you could possibly have. How does it look compared to? Uh, they return um, you know eight to twelve percent on uh, total capital. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? Polaris. Did what you look at that Polaris? one? How does it look? It's compared? not in the issue. It wasn't hmm. in this week's issue. Hmm. This is and this is very bizarre because. Both of these stocks are – they're in the wrong groups. Value Line has Black & Decker in the home appliance industry, but then correctly notes that they uh, divested their household appliance business yeah, they're not in even 1998. They are in royalties. Ago. royalties. ASVI is in the auto and truck industry. It should be in construction equipment, I think. Hmm. Um, and, oh, by the way, the thing that I thought uh, really was the catalyst for why you could uh, take the risk that you've been uh, highlighting uh, from housing is that they're apparently – um, just now applying for certification to sell their equipment in Europe. 
It's a big place. Well, and it's also a huge market for compact equipment specifically. Um, of course, one of everyone the great knows things that. About rubber track products is you can drive them across turf, and they spread out the weight of the machine. Mm-hmm. They call it flotation, and it keeps from damaging the turf underneath it. Well, mm. you can imagine around all these fancy palaces and castles and grounds and uh, you know wonderful parks all over Europe. That's that, the only you know, thing I drive when I'm over. They're going to a lot there. of these things to do landscaping work. Of anyway, check it out. Value line rates at a five because of the huge decline in the stock price, but uh, I think uh, I think you ought to take a look at it. Um, hmm. And then I've got the other little one I have. How's my time? Terrible. Oh man, oh, I'm yeah. in big trouble. Got to hurry up. Okay. Yeah. No. What? No, I'm not hurrying up. The okay. listeners deserve the full fruits They've, of my thoughts on well, this Well, and plus they may have turned My know, third turned one the is GSI already. Group. GSIG is the symbol. Value line rates this one at two. It's the highest rating they have any of the stocks I'm looking at. Um, a little over $9 is apparently about a 15.6 PE, a little under a market multiple. Um, the, uh, the lowest high in the stock for the last uh, nine years of his stock price history is 1140. That's about 20% above where we are recently at at 9.36, according to Value Line. There's no debt here, 161 million of cash, only 42 million shares. So I have $4 of excess cash on my balance sheet. It's really a $5.5 stock. So it's not 10 times cash flow. It's 6 times cash flow. It's not 15 times free cash. It's 9 times free cash. And free ca- and cash flow has been positive 7 out of the last 8 years. My enterprise valuation is less than 7 times. I'm looking at cash assets have increased 05, 06, to 07 without an increase in outstanding shares. So it clearly generates significant free cash. Value line says that it's very sensitive to macroeconomics. Um, I do see a... Sales number in 2000 of 373 million was 160 million two years later. Ooh, big decline. So I I guess you need to learn a little bit more about their primary products. Oh, that's huge. Wow. Uh, But you'll notice they've been relatively stable now around the seven and a half dollar level on average each of the last four years. What do they do? They develop, design, and manufacture. What Evaluate says technology components. I don't know what that is, but I do, know, good. I do know what lasers, lasers. and laser-based manufacturing systems for global semiconductor, electronics, medical, aerospace, and industrial. Most of these are rapidly growing markets, especially on a uh, global basis. Foreign sales, 71% of total here. So I'm not very exposed to the U.S. economy, and I'm selling for not a 15.6 multiple, right? That was at nine and a half. I'm really at something like a 10 multiple of earnings. Hmm. Um, Franklin owns 9%, Fidelity 6, T Row 5. Um, You've got to check out this GSIG, which is my favorite idea Holy this mackerel. week. Take a look at it. And um, with that, I'll, uh, I'm ready to sign off. Really, I'll are give you now. a chance to well, talk about you. your favorite idea? My favorite If you, name. you know, have one. I have a favorite. I you're over on time. You're over. over. You're just handing it over to me now. How could I possibly? <laughs> well, you're yeah. over time. My <laughs> favorite this week, and I know nothing about it, so I'm just out here, mm. is FEIC, FEI Company, page 133. And that's all I have, Vern. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's the one that you have no idea what right. they do. I have no idea what they well, do. I don't really know what GSIG does either. Right, but that's course. the great it's thing about this show. entertainment purposes only. We'll see you next week, folks.